Welcome to Project Life with Mike Watts. This is Mike Watts. On this podcast, I'll be sharing the ups and downs of running a business, how to manage a great team of folks who are helping us grow that business, how to thrive as a husband and just be a better one for that matter, how to function with an 18-month-old running around driving sometimes you crazy, how to thrive as a man in this world when frankly we are lacking great role models at this moment in time. And I'm documenting all of this in a journey trying to find my place in the world. So if you're looking to grow your business, obtain financial freedom, figure out parenthood, uplevel your life, be a better person, or frankly, how to be a badass, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Enjoy the show. Greetings, everyone. It is Mike Watts coming back to you. This is the start of season two for Project Life with Mike Watts. I don't, um, the follow up to this will be coming, and we're, I'm just putting all the pieces together to get everything kicked, started, ready to go back again, back again. Party up, party up. Anyway, the, uh, I, I had an interview, so I'm do, I'm speaking at this event. It's called Shape Soray, Sorry, excuse me, Sorry, Soray, Sorway, so, Shape Sorway, Short, no, Soray, yes, yeah, Soiree. There we go. Boom, got it. Shape Soiree. I knew that wasn't right. Anyway, I'm speaking at this event in uh, October nineteenth. 20th and 21st i'll be in richmond virginia which is the location of the event um it's being hosted by two people kelly kosteski kosteski kosteki and Anne marie growths and so i had the opportunity to interview both of them about why they put this event on and for me leading up to you know coming to the event who the other speakers were why they're deciding to put it together what was the reason behind it so i just want to give you a brief overview of who these folks are and a little bit about what we talked about but kelly was born and raised in the heartland um she in valparaiso indiana because that's we went to high school together we grew up together grew up in the indiana hoosier of love of all things sports travel and school the thrill of adventure allure of lure of new cultures led her away from Midwestern roots to soak up the sun and Southern hospitality of South Carolina law or low country, excuse me. It was there while competing as an athlete at the college of Charleston that her drive for peak performance led to an injury. And she first found herself on a yoga mat. Admittedly at first yoga was simply a way to ease and loosen her overworked and burned out muscles. However, soon she was overtaken by stillness awakened in her mind and the spiritual connection encountered by her heart, which ultimately hooked her for life. Since those early years, Kelly has kept her passion for the practice as a focal point in her life, allowing it to shape the very essence of who she is, what she loves, and how she gives back to her community. She continued deep devotion and belief in the transformational power yoga provides, eventually led Kelly to receive her 500 hour of teacher training, yoga teacher training from the Tranquil Space in Washington, D.C., the home of all things goddess and glitter. Then she went on to open her own yoga studio, Ohm on Yoga, in Richmond, Virginia, in 2010. Though, through this adventure, Kelly is deeply honored to share her experience and provide a nurturing space that offers a warm and inviting community to those who yearn for beauty of yoga in their lives. She's the curator of Shop on Ohm, a hip online boutique offering consciously curated fashion and goods for active holistic lifestyle. So that is, and she lives in Richmond with her dog, Sassy Schnauzer, Miss Gracie May, and her husband, Ken. So they live in Rich, Rich, Richmond, Virginia, and she has a yoga studio. Anne-Marie, 
ran her first 10K in college, and she came in dead last behind a team of eight people carrying a Santa sled. Ever since then, Anne-Marie has challenged herself to do better and do more and always striving for one goal wellness and to never again be bested by a gaggle of people carrying a large prop. Her journey to wellness has taken her in many places, to Chicago, where she learned to appreciate the outdoors when she could, to D.C., where she learned the limits and ways to challenge her body, and to Richmond, where she learned the effect that food could have on her overall. It has also ultimately drove her to open Boho Cycle Studio in Richmond, Virginia, and she has one studio. She's about to open her second one. We talked a lot about that, what that is like now to open her second one. She continues to explore the commitment to wellness, keenly aware that wellness isn't a function of life. It's the whole of it. And she continues her wellness journey, and she still partakes of all the food she loves in moderation, is aware that she's constantly evolving. What worked for her 10 years ago may not work for her today or 10 years from now. But she's committed to sharing that journey and knowledge, and she hasn't been beaten by a team of people carrying Santa's sleigh again yet. So I had a really good time talking to both of these ladies and just kind of their journey as business owners, what it was like to prepare to put on this event that's coming up. This is the first time anything like this has been done in Richmond, Virginia, and what that experience will be like. So um, enjoy the interview for season two kicking off of Project Life with Mike Watts. And there will be more and more to come as we continually moving forward. A lot of things have been in the works. A lot of changes have happened in since the last time since i kicked it off with the uh, end of season one for you guys and i look forward to updating you very very shortly so it is coming project life is coming back um, we are i'm currently recording this on a houseboat in the middle of a lake in arkansas came out here for our friend's wedding i'm not kidding this is a massive boat that's a house on water and there's supposed to be eight people here um, and that's just Kate, Penelope, and I right now. Everyone else will be showing up later. So, yeah, a lot of travels taking place recently. And we'll see you guys soon. Enjoy the interview. Cheers. All right. Welcome back to Project Life with Mike Watts, Season 2. Um, oh, and I forgot to tell you, Kelly and Anne-Marie, that we are... I will do an intro before this. So this is like the start of the interview that's happening right now. Um, but then I'll intro you guys previously. I'll do a recording. So anyway, welcome to the listeners of the Project Life with Mike Watts Season 2. We're kicking it off with an amazing guest, Kelly Kostecki. I didn't that, say that right. That's good. That's oh! Good. <laughs> and I said, you know, disclaimer that pronunciation is not my forte. I really try hard, but it's really it's challenging for me. Anne-Marie Groths is here with us today. Um, they are run, running and hosting an event called Shape... <laughs> totally gonna... Soiree. Soiree in Richmond, Virginia, coming up on October 19th and 21st. We're going to talk more about that, but I just want to kind of dig in more about like how they ended up here to create this event and like what happened. So let's kick it where... So talk a, or first, like how did you guys come up with this event that you're putting out to the world? And then we'll go a little bit more into your backstory. Oh, putting it out to the world. Yeah. Hello, like world. I mean, that's what you're doing, right? You're putting yeah. this thing out in the world. Um, it's kind of an event that I was, I wanted to do something along these lines. There was, I think, 31 other components um, when I finally was like, Kelly, can I, let's, let's look at doing something. Um, and we just start talking out like what it's going to be and what would be my world outside of the business I own, um, things I do, things I'm interested in, things I want other people to know about um, and participate in in life versus 
you know, always just coming in for a good sweaty cycle class. Um, so we just kind of started talking and broke it down to like where we really think a focus should go, what we think this first year should be like for um, an event like this, because it is a new thing to Richmond um, as far as what we're covering and, and what the plan is for the, the feel of everything. Um, and that was way back in March. So by the time you get all your thoughts out. <laughs> March 2017. 2017, yeah. yeah. So by the time you get like, two people with a lot of ideas and a lot of thoughts and like organize it, then you're like, let's go. So it was a little process, but it was a fun process. Yeah. And you know, unbeknownst to Anne Marie, when she first approached me, I had been sort of dreaming up something, uh, you know, pretty similar, like with, with similar components and, you know, have always had a love for small business ownership and entrepreneurship and of course, wellness and yoga. But I always thought, like, gosh, there's so much more than just that piece. And so, you know, how do I get that across? And so she came to me at this, like, right time, and we started just, you know, hashing it back and forth. And, you know, out of that, all those hashing out sessions, Shape Soiree was born. And then how did you come up with the name? Oh, man, we went round and round, and it was a matter of, like, what words convey certain things that are not the words wellness, not the word weightlifting, not or the word fitness? fitness. Um, it was a lot of uh, thesaurus using on my end. Um, and then we really just decided that, like, in the scheme of all the things that we're looking at, it's all different ways that you shape yourself. Um, and then we're like, how do we make it sound fun? And Kelly threw in soiree. With makes that, it makes so. it special. I like it, and now I learned how shape soiree. So now I'll re- keep repeating that throughout the day, and then I'll <laughs> be able to say it just fine in about a week. Um, okay, I yeah. In a conference yes. or uh, you know a symposium, like these are other words, right? To right. Describe what we're doing so soiree. Yeah, you know, gives it that like gala like and that non like convention center <laughs> hotel. Yeah, that's Style not what we're doing. So. <laughs> Here to get that out. I know it's, and I want to talk a little bit more specific about the event here uh, in a few minutes. But it was so the reason th- we're having them on because I'm one of the speakers, which is pretty cool. Uh, so thank you for that opportunity, ladies. I appreciate that. And so I want to start really, Kelly. How did you get down this path? Like where? Because now you own, so you own a yoga studio, mm-hmm. and you own a clothing. What is it? A clothing boutique? Is that what you would call? It is. It okay. is. Yeah. Um, you know, focused on athleisure apparel, lifestyle apparel, um, also, you know, skincare. I mean, everything that really um, has to do with someone who's living a holistic lifestyle. So all of the things that that girl is into, we carry both in, in, in store here in Richmond, Virginia, and then online. And Richmond, Virginia. So I don't know. I think I told you this the last time we talked, but I actually worked for Philip Morris down in North Carolina and had the opportunity to relocate to Richmond, Virginia, and I chose not to um, for Philip Morris. So, Anne-Marie, I don't know if you know this, but I was laid off from Philip Morris in North Carolina after college, and why well, that was my first real job after college. And then this is kind of – it's funny that it's all like coming back to speaking <laughs> rich. It's like closing the door on an open loop that's been open. Um, I love because I wanted to work for the race team up there, and they didn't they didn't want a manufacturing guy in marketing, or I don't know what happened, but um, they wanted me to go in the engineering role for the plant up in Richmond, and I didn't choose to do that. So it's going to be cool, because I haven't been back there in quite a few years, probably five or six. So, Kelly, you and I went to, we grew up together in the same town in Valparaiso, Indiana, and 
Yeah. So how did you end up from Valparaiso, Indiana <laughs> to running, a, opening a yoga business with now, are you and Ken, your husband, are you official like business partners in like life? Like how is your relationship? Cause I know you got your, he's featured on the website. You guys have traveled together. We met you at world domination summit. Um, well, we met Ken at yeah. world domination summit with when Kate was there with us. And so how does that relationship work together? Did you guys open the business together? Yes. Yes. In okay. that, this was, this was my passion that Ken was like 110% in support of. Um, we also opened three years ago, a business for him too. So now it's like, we both have our own thing. Um, so he does, uh, he's a class A contractor, home renovations, construction. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's like so wild, right? So after Valparaiso did the college thing, did what the did you, cause I saw you went to, where'd you go to school? So went to college of Charleston, which really sending a shout out to Charleston right now. That's like underwater. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so was down in Charleston, loved it, went abroad to France. That's where Soiree came in because I have this love for everything French. <laughs> um, also went back to France after I graduated. Mm -hmm. I think my parents thought I was just going to sort of like become European as much as I could and never come back. Um, and then eventually made it back kind of a long story, but made it back to the Midwest, uh, to do uh, my MBA and, and started, um, and finished my graduate degree up back in Valparaiso, believe it or not, um, moved from there to Milwaukee. And then the company that I was with in Milwaukee relocated me down to Richmond, Virginia. So that's the, that is the sort of trajectory path that eventually led us to Richmond. Originally it was going to be for a few years, you know, mm -hmm. now and it's nine, it's nine, nine years. <laughs> yeah. And then what did you play in? Cause I saw you played sports in college. What did you play in college? Yeah. So I started out swimming and then played a bit of softball and then sort of, uh, hung up the uniforms and went abroad and went abroad to finish. Did you finish school abroad? Uh, no, so originally just did a semester, um, you know, kind of traditional semester. That was what junior year, and then loved it so much. Actually, received a scholarship to do a sort of work study uh, thesis uh, post graduating. So went back abroad, which was you know both were equally amazing. And then went to v did you go to VU for your MBA or where did I, you? Yeah. Yep, to, to what was it like to go to Val, Val VU? So Valparaiso University, for those of you. Well, it's interesting. So I actually was a commuter. So I, was, I, I sort of moved home to help out uh, with, uh, with uh, my family at the time who um, had, had some health things going on. And uh, so, yeah, so I was a commuter. I sort of reconnected with, with people I hadn't seen for quite some time. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a great experience. I mean, VU is an awesome, small Midwestern uh, university. Um, real like amazing connection with professors and a stellar MBA program. So very fortunate to go through that. Had a, had a great experience. And then are you using your, what you learned in MBA to run your, like, was there any carryover? Mm, yes. Good fr question. From your MBA. <laughs> Believe it or not. I, I, so I, I'm using the French with soiree. Okay. <laughs> and I do speak French. <laughs> But yes, the MBA, honestly, I use daily. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously tons of accounting, 
um, operationally. I mean, you know, it's not like, you know, we're manufacturing widgets over here, which I did a lot of case studies on. But, uh, you know, certainly, you know, having a take of how a business runs. Um, I even did a couple of, of entrepreneurship um, classes, and it's really all proving to play out, like, in my daily world, which is, which is kind of nice, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. I like yeah. that. Okay, so that brings us to, and when did you start your, the yoga studio? So started the yoga studio seven and a half years ago. So it was like, you know, 2010. Um, and started with this whole concept of being not just a small locally owned yoga studio, but also, uh, you know, something greater. So, you know, the, the certainly the focus is, you know, 30 plus classes a week across a broad spectrum of style and level. Um, but that's just sort of the beginning. Um, the expansion of that is multiple teacher trainings, um, for certification. Uh, during the year we do these handcrafted, uh, retreat experiences. So actually tomorrow morning I'm heading on a plane to Montana fly private fly fishing ranch that we've rented for the, the weekend. And we'll host, um, really like we're the, the adventure, like travel agent. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so we do about a half dozen a year, sort of all over the world. Um, but this week, uh, what's up is Montana. We've got some fly fishing, horseback riding in Yellowstone, of course yoga um, daily, and uh, and of course the food. Like we're always, you know, yeah. like in this in this um, at this event, we've got a private chef, um, and so we really have the luxury of. of you know, doing a cooking class and having just amazing, amazing farm to table food. So you started as a yoga studio and now has kind of brought it into this adventure. I mean, is that what you would say? I don't know what you would actually call it. It's a lifestyle brand, you know? Yeah. And so people ask like, well, how did you get started with the travel or how did you get started with the fashion? And for a long time I was like, well, I don't really know. Like how, how did that happen? But actually now I've, I've gained some clarity on that. And it's, it's all things that I'm deeply passionate about. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'm really passionate about connecting and growing community. And you do that or can do that in so many ways. So, um, you know, we start here in Richmond and then we've grown, you know, abroad um, and, and here in the States. And, of course, uh, you know, I have a love for products and fashion and, and people and places. So it sort of all comes together in that way. And then when did this business ownership dream come about like when have you always kind of visioned this so i thought i would uh go out practice law actually mm -hmm. so I, I so little side note i started law school and then um i was in a dual degree program so you know what i think i'm just gonna do the mba um but did take a few law classes um so i thought i thought the path was uh go to law school practice law save up enough money and open a women's fashion boutique but that was my like sort of, you know, plan at 15. <laughs> and, and so I was fortunate enough because both of my parents are, are uh, entrepreneurs um, that that, you know, just love a small business ownership and that entrepreneurial spirit was really instilled in me at a very young age. And so it was like every everything, anything's possible with, with a lot of hard work and a lot of luck, you know. And what did uh, they do? What did they uh, yeah, so my mother owned an interior decorating um, and sort of like home goods store, and then my father was a home builder and developer. 
Yeah, who actually just recently came out of retirement uh, nine years after being retired and <laughs> doing it again. So, you know. <laughs> cool. Uh, so it kind of was in your family. And then when did it hit for you? It was like, I got yeah. I to I gotta do something different. Yeah. So, you know, at the time, gosh, I had a really amazing go with corporate America um, and learned uh, amazing skill set and really had the opportunity to do some cool things. Um, with some cool people. Um, but at a certain point, that sort of career path and growth path shifted and involved or would have involved a lot more travel. At the same time, my husband was traveling nonstop uh, back and forth to Europe and all over the U.S. And so I couldn't really foresee uh, that lifestyle and didn't want that lifestyle. So I started to sort of shift for the and look for the next thing. Um, looked at going back to school, like PhD route, um, thought I might like to teach at the college level, uh, that sort of proved to be a bit of a dead end. And so then I had always had this, uh, you know, vision in the back of my head about owning my own business, but I just didn't think that was going to come, uh, you know, at the age of 27, <laughs> I thought it was going to be like, you know, in my forties. So that, uh, you know, my father's wise uh, and a lot older than I am. And so <laughs> he, he said, you know, if you fail in life, quote unquote, because I don't know if there really is failing in life or at life. Uh, he said, best to do it when you're young and don't have much to lose than when you're old. Yep. And uh, I really thought about that. And I said, you know, you're right. Like, what what do I have to lose? You know? And uh, so fortunately, I had a lot of great support from, from family and, and my husband and, and friends. And then did you take um, – so you started just with the yoga studio though, right? Um, so dual concept yoga studio and, and fashion boutique. It's actually right off the bat. Time. Yep, right oh, off okay. the bat. Okay, okay. Yep. And then – okay, I'm going to pause there because I want to come back to how you're actually operating your company now because I'm curious like did you just sign a lease and open the doors? Was there fundraising that happened? Like how did that happen? So Anne-Marie, yeah. shift gears – to talk about you from Nebraska. Yes. And then how did you, what, what happened here? So now you own a cycle, is that indoor cycling studio, correct? Indoor cycle studio. And then we have a nutrition um, coaching company as well as part of that. And this is in Richmond as well. Yeah. Just a hot second from Kelly's place. Oh, perfect. And you guys met in Richmond, I would imagine, right? We did. Whoops. I just messed up my chair. I, I also like had this, this thing that just came in my head was like, Kelly, you didn't want to travel all over the place for a corporate gig. Isn't it funny? Like, we don't want to travel for... We're like, well, I don't want to be on a business traveler career, but actually my life is a business traveler right now, but it's in my <laughs> own... I control my own destiny with it. So, yeah, it's so funny. Um, okay, so talk to me about, like... Because I don't know that much about you. And so, like, where... So you grew up in Nebraska, and then you just hopped a plane and moved to Richmond? Or what? what took place there? Um, I grew up in Nebraska. I went to the University of Nebraska um, for college. And my senior year of college, I interned at a PR firm in Chicago. So um, I loved it. I loved Chicago. I loved the city. And I went back and I had one more semester. And then I moved right back to Chicago. Um, no job. Enough money for one month's rent. And I'm like, oh, I'll be fine. I would never do that way, do it that way again in a million years. But when you're 23... $700 feels like a lot. Um, and I was working in hospitality, restaurants, hotels. I was doing some management, your basic world of um, waiting tables, bartending. I'd done all of that through like high school and college. So that's definitely an easy place to 
jump into that world in Chicago with all the, the tourism in general and the size of the city. Um, I was in hotels. I'd worked in hotels for a few years and I just was like, I want to go back into restaurants. They're less formal. They're more personable. Um, but I wanted to do marketing and PR for restaurants. So I was really trying to find, um, something along those lines, stumbled across, um, a high end restaurant company that was hiring a traveling sales manager. And somehow I got that job. <laughs> um, and I spent a year and a half going to whatever city, to whatever restaurant for anywhere from one to five months, um, and filling in, in that sales and marketing position, whether, Someone had kind of abruptly left a location and I just needed to go in and maintain. Um, if someone was on maternity leave, if they were opening a new location and they just didn't have anybody on a local level hired, I could go in and start the basics or kind of even just bring things back. You know, I think everybody has their own way of working. So if someone's in a business for six to eight years, their version might not be the easiest. So how can you just simplify some of that? Um, so I did that for a year and a half and then I was like, I need to stop Richmond location. <laughs> I know I loved it. I was in my like mid to late twenties. They, it was like corporate apartments. So it wasn't hotel and motel and they paid for all my stuff and friends would come visit me. I randomly was in cities where I had like friends and family, um, and cousins that I just, you know, you don't see all those people all the yeah. time. And I was in 10 restaurants in a year and a half. Um, and as much as every single so thing, you were just traveling a ton. Is, so each restaurant was in a different location. Yeah. So I didn't even, I just got rid of my apartment and I would pack up what I had for luggage and then got rid of anything else I didn't want. And then I would literally just fly. Like I was in Sacramento for two months. I was in New Jersey for two months. I was in New Orleans for five months. Um, and just let's sell some, let's sell some food, drinks and whatever I could do to get people in the door, big groups, little groups, anything. Um, but it was tough by all means. Like it was definitely awesome to do. And you, I think you have to be the right personality to just jump ship every few months and be like, hello, new people now do it my way. Right. Um, so Richmond had an opening at the location here and I was like, we'll try it. And that was, I had one phone call about it and then I moved here. <laughs> um, I loved Richmond a couple of years in after living in Chicago for, for a few years, like Richmond doesn't have winter. So in right, comparison right. to Chicago, it's like, this is beautiful. It is 45 in January. Um, I made a really great group of friends kind of early on. And then now I'm 12, almost 12 years here. Um, just thinking I'd stay a couple years and head back to where my family was, but nope. <laughs> Not anymore. And then when did the cycle studio idea come about? So the studio will be open uh, four years next month, the current location. And then I'm opening a second location that will also open next month. Um, honestly, it kind of just started as like a marketing project. Richmond didn't have, a, outside of yoga, it didn't have a lot of boutique fitness anything. Um, there was a few yoga studios. Other than that, it was just your bigger gyms. Um, Richmond had no cycle studios four years ago. And it just started out as a marketing project. And I'm like, what would it take? What would it look like? What could it be? What would it be called? What would we do? And voila, a year later, that marketing project worked out and the studio opened. And were you still working at the restaurant when you opened it? Yes. Yes. I did have my full-time job for a full year. Um, and that was, that was, a, that was an awesome part of life. Um, everybody says that's what you do if you really just want a place to be open and do it. <laughs> and it, it's super tough. 
I was single at the time and I really don't know that I could have done that any other way. Um, I left there uh, just about a year in and then still wasn't quite sure exactly how all the money was going to play out. Um, so I got a very part-time marketing job at a local place that was just flexible hours, gave me just a little bit of steady income just in case. And I did that for the full second year of the studio and then went full-time there after that. Cool. And then when you said that that was an awesome part of life, were you being sarcastic or serious? I couldn't really tell. Super sarcastic. Okay. My shifts were like I would work Monday through Saturday and I was off on Sunday and I would work the 6 a.m. shifts and then go to my full-time job during the day and then I would get to the studio and work the 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. closed shift Monday through Friday and then work all the Saturday morning ones. So – um, it was constant. I didn't stop. It was super stressful. And that stress showed in my face. It came out in my voice. Um, I'm positive on a number of times, but when you just have so much stimulation at you, you just can't stop. You just got to keep going. And then Saturday afternoons were my nap time. And then I would catch my friends for dinner on <laughs> Sunday night. And then I would just do nothing after that. So wow, it was tough. Okay. So now I want to kind of hit on how you guys are like running your company. So I know one of the things we wanted to talk about was like being a business owner. So from that standpoint, and then how you kind of just shared Anne Marie about how you started off your cycle studio. And, and so what does it look like? So Kelly, when you started yours, your yoga studio and the clothing boutique, um, were you in there every single day from the time it opened to the time, as we know as business owners, cause we, my wife also, we run a, um, she's really, I don't really run any of it. It's just part of our company, but we have a, a collective called origin collective. And it's a group of mother women. It's a group of women entrepreneurs. Most of them are moms. Some of them are not moms. So we, there's a non-mom group. It's pretty funny that they've created this whole segment <laughs> of it. And it's a membership community that goes over for, it kind of goes in the cycles of each month. And so we're a part of it. So I'm learning a lot from women business owners of how they're operating their businesses, et cetera. And then what that looks like. So when you started, um, Oh, I'm going to make sure I get the names right here, but Om on yoga and sh so it's Om on yoga and shop on Om or shop, shop, shop Om on. Okay. Yeah. All right. Get your Om on. Yeah. Okay. Say, what is it? Get your Om on. Oh, nice. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> so when you started that, what did that look like? Like, did you just, as we talked about when I mentioned briefly, did you have financing behind you? Did you like have support? Was it something you just like, I'm signing a lease and winging it? Was there a marketing plan put in place? Um, yeah. So, gosh. So obviously the, the idea of owning my own thing started like years prior, you know, when I was young. And, um, I would say about two years prior, um, my husband and I really started to get, um, very focused on like opening something. Right. And so we explored, uh, actually many different avenues at the time. And, um, partially because I didn't think it was possible again, that like I could own my own thing <laughs> and that it could be, um, you know, yoga or that it could be a fashion boutique. Right. And so as we went down a bunch of different avenues, even like franchise avenues, um, we kept just kind of not, it, we didn't feel right about it, you know? And once you have that like gut feeling that something's not right, like you just don't keep going. Right. Cause then right. you're like enforcing. Well, hopefully. And, 
right, a lot right, of times. Right, right, Sometimes right. we avoid listening to our bodies, but yeah. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. so uh, eventually, you know, we had explored so many realms and I said, well, you know, I've, I've just always wanted to open this fashion boutique, but we just didn't feel like it was right in terms of the timing with the economy at the time and things like that. Because this was in 2008. It's really like 2000, end of 2008, 2009 yeah. that we were yeah, focusing. Um, and anyway, long story short, I was teaching actually indoor cycling. I was teaching yoga um, at you know country clubs and gyms around town and uh, just you know a few classes a week, like a little thing because I just loved doing all of these things. And really, yoga had always been a guiding force since I had taken up the practice back in college uh, in my life. And so the idea came for like, well, here's how we make like this work. You know, we like pair it with yoga. And then I said, well, wait a second, that's not that's not right. It's like yoga first and then like this complements the other. Right. So we just started coming up with this concept. And then um, from there, it was literally probably about a year of intense uh, market analysis and uh, business planning. So we put together a thorough business plan that was rehashed. Like I remember our dining room table at the time because we weren't just doing one thing. You know, it was like my husband was getting his MBA, he's traveling uh, nonstop, and we were renovating a new house. And uh, so our dining room table was like sort of a safe zone, and we had <laughs> the business plan like all strewn about. Um, which is really something to say because I'm like hugely minimalist and organized, but it was always strewn out so we could like make kind of ideas on the fly coming and going. And then we also had names, like so random words that we would piece together, like, you know, to figure out a name. <laughs> so one day awesome. came down and it was, uh, I had, I kept coming back to Om because that's such a very mm -hmm. like powerful, sacred word in yoga. And I just, I was like, there's so many like Om yoga or, you know, but I, I really set on that. And so then I saw Om on next, like, you know, my husband had put the, just on and I was like, Oh, and then he's like, you know, like get your own on. I'm like, yes. And so that's sort of how the name came about. But, uh, anyway, so yeah, intense planning. And then, you know, the next step was where do we go? Well, that was easy step because I already knew that there wasn't anything in our neighborhood and I felt like it would be the perfect spot. And so we opened three blocks from where at the time we lived and, um, it was, you know, a, a definitely a chore trying to find a, a spot, even in that area. Um, it, you know, stuff doesn't come on the market, you know, very often. Mm -hmm. But once we did, uh, we signed a lease and, you know, we had saved up some money to personally, uh, you know, move forward. Now, when you opened, when you think back to that time, not how you're operating now, but like when you first opened, would you do anything different? Like, was there saying like, I'm teaching too many classes or. So fortunately, I always say, fortunately, I, I was continuing to work full time. Right. Um, because even at that time, I didn't really see that I was going to make a shift. Like this was sort of a side thing. Got it. Right. Um, which meant I was in Anne Marie's world of, you know, working, you know, 50 hours a week, corporate America and, and what did you do in court at your full-time job? Um, so I actually worked in pharmaceuticals. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Total <laughs> departure. Total departure. Yeah. I mean, I worked for the cigarette industry and then my first business was, you know, selling supplements. So it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Vitamins. Right. So. 
Yeah, so fortunately, I was put into a position where I had to seek out a full-time manager and a full-time team of instructors. And so I was, from the very start, um, not hugely involved in the day-to-day operations because by the formula, I couldn't be. Um, I think that was the greatest blessing because uh, for me, it was this opportunity to sort of relinquish control and empower others. Yep. and also, uh, you know, to this day, I still see that there were mechanisms, even though I didn't know it, <laughs> you know, at the time, but I was putting in, uh, you know, putting in place mechanisms and, and processes that really allowed me to work on the business versus in the business, um, which I think is just like a great lesson in general. Um, I mean, you want to be the face of the business you want to be you know, involved and apart. Um, you know, I'm not like an investor, right? Like that's different. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to be that, but I also, um, knew that if I was going to be able to expand in certain areas, you know, I couldn't be the one that was doing, you know, all of those like, uh, daily tasks. You know, I had to keep that higher strategic and visionary like mindset. And then for Anne Marie, the same question to you is like when you started your business, you know, mm-hmm. from the beginning, was it the same? Did you have a whole, you know, did you hire a whole staff right off the bat or was it something that you were kind of what Kelly? That was great planning, Kelly. I mean, the whole business planning is like, I'm like, what? Like, I just, I do not operate that way. I, I would say I'm moving. Our business now is moving in a planning direction now after, you know, I started mine in 2009. Kate was been. She's been running her business since she was 18 years old. So it's like now, but we're officially like we have a president who also grew up in Valparaiso. It was pretty funny how we connected for a couple of years. Um, But then now we're planning for the future and we're doing much more. We're doing much better at that. Right. Versus the beginning. I just wing it. Like I'm going here, going here and just working like crazy. Like to see like, oh, well, from the beginning, I hired the right people in place and I kind of just worked over here. Right. As, As an overseer, which I thought what you said was like I worked on the business, not in the business. And I think it's so important, like as we're operating business owners, like to have that. And it's like, am I too much in it? So, Anne Marie, were you working on the business or were you working in the business? Like when you oh, started totally off in the business, man, <laughs> totally in the business. It was all hands on deck. And it was like, just, Oh, get it done. Get it done. Um, we did planning by all means, not quite up to the level that I'm listening to Kelly talk about it. Um, we did hire someone to help like with a business plan, you know, that was familiar with that fitness industry. I mean, my world was restaurants and sales and operations and management and PR and marketing, which is amazing and all needed in the day. Um, but when it comes to opening a business, that isn't necessarily the route I had. So it's fascinating now to go look back and look at that business plan. And I just want to call that person and be like, you were so wrong. You were wrong about all this stuff. Like, what do you don't know? Um, but it was just all hands on deck and it was a lot of it was as much as you could plan, but that was like two weeks out, maybe a month out. Um, and then you just went with the next thing. So we didn't hire an actual person to work there. One difference between our businesses is, um, mine is only open when we have classes. So we Mm -hmm. don't have a boutique, um, that would need staffing and some of that stuff like during the daytime or alternate hours. So we had a little bit of benefit there, um, for a bit, but we didn't hire someone until two and a half months in. And that was one person to help out at the front desk. (laughs) So we weren't always having to do that. Um, by all means, that stuff changed and it got better and then it just kind of ebbs and flows. It still does in my world as far as how much I'm in the business versus working on the business. 
Um, at year two, I kind of, I took it and like did a rebrand of some things. Um, so that definitely was quite a process to really figure out, okay, now where, where do I want this to go? I want a new logo. I want a new feel. I want the Instagram to look a certain way. I want the website to look a certain way and really changed all that. So that was a good six month process to even kind of wrap my head around, like, this is the look I want. Now I need the business to match, like the insides to match the feel of it, the look of it. So um, I will say in the last year is I have been working on the business, like on the business. The last six months have been a hundred percent on the business and it is just a fascinating difference. What your mind can do when you're working on it versus <laughs> in it. The one downside I personally have found, and I think maybe that's, it's just some of that like control, but if I'm not teaching or if I'm not working the front desk, I feel like I just am missing out on like the pulse of what people need mm. and like and want. And one of my managers will make a comment on something and I was like, Oh, that's not okay. And she's like, Oh, it actually like it happens all the time. Like blah, blah. blah. And I was like, what? That happens all the time. Is that, is everybody okay with that? Like, and they're like, yeah, it's no big deal. I'm like, so everybody's good. It's just me that's panicking. <laughs> yeah. But like, I don't see that or I don't see the process of whatever is happening or hear all that stuff. So I've had a little hard time with that as of late, just with opening a second location. There's such a big transition happening and a lot of writers and, and clients and staff that I just don't see all the time. Um, so I try and just be the lurker and I just hang out. A lot of people don't know who I am and I'm just like hanging out by the desk. I'm just sitting on a bike talking to somebody random, but I'm not taking the class because I'm <laughs> dressed a little nicer. Um, just so I have a feel of like, what are people saying? What time are they getting to class now? They used to get to class early. Now they don't. Um, Things like that, that I'm personally just struggling with a little bit. That being said, the business is thriving. So the ability to work on it is definitely coming through. Is there, what is it about your own, like, is there something in your own, it's like understanding what's going on in your business is really, you know, it's like what you talked about is important to be like, this is happening here. Yeah. And then has that allowed you to free up time though, to work on it instead of in it? to like open the second location where you can do it, maybe open it where you don't have to be in it right off the bat in the second. It has allowed like the ability for me to just like, Hey, we've never done this online nutrition challenge. Let's try it. Well, it is a four, it's a four week thing. There's a ton of detail. And like, it took a lot of planning, but like I didn't have, I would never have had the time to do that before because a class needed to be taught or some repair thing needed to happen. Um, the ability to open a second location and know what I want that to look like, where I want that to go and what I want to be able to do with both of them being so close to each other within the city, um, is really just like, now it's a fun process and it's a very different process. And you're like, okay, well now these two are going to be open. What's next? And you know, my family and my boyfriend are like, just two locations. Can you take it down a notch? And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, but I mean, there's gotta be something else. Like there's always that next thing. Um, so it's like, I just have that ability to like, Think, like you were saying, plan ahead and like think about what I want something to look like in a year and in two years and base it off like what's happening now because what's happening right now is really good stuff. How do I keep that going and how do I expand that brand? Okay, cool. I have – so what is it about like – let's talk about being a business owner and operating the rest of our lives. So are you – do you – neither one – do you have children? No, and Kelly, not. I know you don't have ch- children, but Amory, you have children. Uh, animals, you have pets, though, right? I do not. I do. Yeah. You have a okay. sassy schnauzer? 
So. <laughs> I, that, that's her. Yeah, yeah. That, that's Gracie. Miss Gracie May. I like it. Um, so how is it from a – so, Kelly, your business, I would imagine, because you started off such a great way – God, it's amazing. Um, but, Amory, I'm feeling a lot of the same that you are about, you know, to – our business has really transformed since May – well, really, between February and May, we brought a president on board, and so she's running the day-to-day operations of the company, and that has always been my role until really this year. So it's stepping back, and my last six months have been a lot of reflection. Well, and then I we bought a house, and then we moved in the house, and we did. So I'm like reallocating all that energy to other things. Um, place for it. Yeah, so it, it that's like been really great, but I know like we're moving in and we're finally getting settled, and like I just know it's time to like start doing something else, um, which is what I'm preparing as we're doing all these build up to this fall. But I completely agree. Like one of my things has been I don't know everything. Like the customer service emails, what are people writing in about? Like not the day to day operation, what's happening. So it's been an adjustment period on that end, um, but it feels good. It's much more relaxed, and I have to show up every day. I have to say so. Kelly, as you operate your business now, is it still operate that same way from when you started it eight months ago? It, yeah, so it's interesting. So I, I got I got a little story on that. Um, so when eight months about, eight years ago, sorry, eight years ago, <laughs> two, about two years in is when I took the opportunity to move into the business full time. And it's interesting because um, at that time, a lot of I think a lot of my friends and family thought I was just like you know. Uh, practicing yoga, right. <laughs> like very, very calm and Zen, like, you know, eight hours a day. Um, I actually found it to be the opposite. I just threw all of those hours that I had both during the day and evening, um, into the studio until finally I hit sort of a, I don't want to say a breaking point, but it was, you know, it was this point where I think I learned the greatest lesson yet is that I'm actually separate from my business. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so, you know, the business can, can thrive, um, it cannot thrive, but that has zero bearing on my life, right? Um, it's just one facet. And uh, so that was a, a hard lesson, and I'm still constantly trying to remind myself of that lesson because, you know, it's like once you get the lesson once, it's like a big one, mm-hmm. you know, you know it, but you just don't want to, like, you know, admit it, right? Can um, you give an example of, like, what that looks like, that lesson learning? You know, so, like, what is – an example of like, this is the lesson that I'm learning. Is yeah, there... so, I mean, you know, say, I mean, you know, my world is, uh, you know, people coming in to take yoga class, right? And so say the 12 o'clock class, um, you know, has low attendance. You know, it's not like that should affect the rest of my day, you know? I mean, I don't, I, I, at a certain point, I have zero control. I mean, there are many factors of why, maybe someone didn't come in for a 12 o'clock yoga class, you know, and, and attendance is a little light, but I found myself reacting, um, both in a negative and a positive way. Right. Cause then like the next, next day, it's like that 12 o'clock class is packed full and it's like, Oh man, this is amazing. Such a great day. Right. Well, wait a second, you know? So, I mean, that's kind of a, a silly example, but it is really, um, hard sometimes to separate because, you know, this is your, your baby. This is your passion. I mean, you're the one who is fueling the ideas, um, you know, the creative inspiration. And so, you know, at the end of the day though, you don't live and die by the business. And so I've had to just relearn that and remind myself of that for sure. 
Um, but getting back to, to what you were asking about, how does it run uh, differently? So, so in that like year three, I made this departure from the corporate world, went into the business full-time, actually greater than full-time. And then I asked myself, what was my hourly like rate? Oh, that's the worst question. That is the worst question. And I said, well, geez. Oh, you can't do it. Something went awry here. You can't do it. And so I peeled back and I decided (laughs) that um, I needed to, you know, just kind of realign, recalibrate. It took about a year, um, honestly, like a full year. Um, And then I established some really strict parameters. Um, I also, because I'm really detail-oriented and I am a planner, I went through like every process that we were doing at the studio and that I was doing. And I said, how can I get rid of it? That's the best case scenario. If you get rid of something, get rid of it. Um, how can I make it more efficient? How can I increase the productivity? Or for my world, it was how can someone else maybe do this as good, if not better? In some cases it's better, right? Because mm-hmm. I mean, as a business owner, like you still just have like this one skill set, even though we wear all these hats and we learn, I mean, you know, um, I certainly have had many times where I'm the one folding the towels or, you know, putting the tea on or whatever. I mean, you know, you, it's yours, you pitch in. If the floor needs to be mopped, you mop it. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, often we find ourselves doing so much of that and less. I mean, if you're if you're doing that, then who's like really driving the business, right? Mm-hmm. So um, one, actually, there are a couple of things that I put into place. One is it's a it's a it's a one page uh, Excel spreadsheet, and it's a monthly document that goes out to our whole team. Um, it has basically everything boiled down to the key focus, um, for basically all of the areas of our business. I like it on one sheet. I can take that with me. Our team can refer to it. And at the end of the day, they know that these are the most important things that we're focusing on. Um, before it was like, you know, 10 spreadsheets in 10 different locations, right? So now it's one sheet. Um, the other thing is I process my inbox, uh, to zero, (laughs) like multiple times a week. Um, and that doesn't mean that I'm constantly like checking email, but what I realized is I need to batch that because it's just a form of communication. I also need to filter. So communications, 99% of the time come to me only through email. So that's the one thing that I check. Right. Um, and it's, it's always, it's like a 10 minute process, but it's, it's processed to zero because empty inbox for me means clean slate, clear mind. I can work on then everything else. Right. Also, that's not the first thing that comes in my day. It's like midday. So, um, those are just like a few things, you know, and that's allowed me to stay in that visionary aspect and to really run all of the sort of expansion arms uh, of the business. Cool. How about you, Amory? I like that. My, I'm a more of an inbox zero person. My wife is not. She's, I'm not. I'm not. No, my uh, husband might have ten thousand at the moment. Yeah, uh, that's, that's insane. That's insane. Drives my, me bonkers. I can't handle it. The little icon. I don't like the icon showing I have an email. So at the minimum, I need to read it because I don't like it showing that I have one or two that I haven't read. Like my boyfriend is twenty two hundred, and I'm like, I just need the code to your phone because I'm going to delete all of those because I guarantee you don't need twenty two hundred unread emails. But um, my process is like insanely evolved and it's still evolving going into a second location is a whole lot of unknown um and like what i'm going to need and how it's going to run 
Um, but me taking a step back from working in the business over the last like six to nine months um, and taking that leap of I need to hire someone to manage all the instructors, the schedule, things like that, more full time. Studio manager is going to have to come on more full time. My social media graphic designer photographer is going to have to come on in some capacity more full time. And that is was literally a matter of like just biting the bullet to pay for it. It really comes down to like that nervousness I have with dollars. My dollars are fine, but that's just a personal thing of like I personally manage my money similar to like to the business. Like I want them that same comfort level. So um, things that have started to change are just, you know, it's a weekly meeting and then there's a meeting midweek because there's a million things that come up with the studio manager and the director of rides um, on some of that little stuff. We do spreadsheets of like design needs that the designer has. Each of us have our own tab and all managers and everybody that has something. So it's not all coming through me and she can go to one thing. She deletes it when it's done. We all know where it's at to find things like that. Um, you know, it's a matter of adding an app to the studio's, um, uh, computer and this front desk staff can put notes in there and we can check it from home and the studio manager can check it on vacation or like, Hey, something happened. Can you get over there? Um, versus just something written down on paper and we always have to go to a place to find out, uh, with things like that. So I think the next location also is going to be a whole different roundabout and as comfortable as, as this has been for the last year and a half. And this process has really worked. It's all going to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have to figure out a new process because now we're doubling the staff, um, doubling to some extent the work, um, hopefully double and tripling the clientele just with more space. So um, I don't know where it's going to go next and what that next big change is going to be to make everything easier. I do have to check myself because I like things done a certain way. But I'm not the one that works the desk all the time. Or I'm not the one that's in the studio as much. And if they can manage if Kelly can manage it when I'm not there for four days, why does I, why do I think she has to do it my way? Cause no one's complained <laughs> about her way. It all gets done. Um, so I have to find myself just like everything gets done. Everything gets done really well. Everyone does a really great job. I don't have to follow up on anybody. When I see them do something that is not at all, I would roll that towel, but I'm going to let it go because it's <laughs> fine. Um, and that's, a, that's just a lot on me and just being, it's my business. Like she was saying, it's my business. It's my baby. And it's how I would do things if I were there. So, and what is the desire to have a second location? The desire comes from the need. (laughs) Um, business is through the roof and I can, I do not have enough bikes for the people that want on them. Um, and it really comes from that. Like there's only so many five thirty classes you can do Monday through Friday when people get right out of work. There's only, so many 6 a.m. classes that you can do. Like you can add an 8 a.m., but not a lot of people could do an 8 a.m. Um, on a Monday and things like that. So um, a lot of it comes from that. The location that we're going to be in in Churchill, I very much have wanted to be in since day one of opening. So I'm very excited that I have found a spot. I've been looking for about a year and a half and had a few things fall through. So I'm thrilled that one has t- come to fruition. They're only about four and a half maybe five miles away. So they're very close, which I have gotten a little, I've had a few comments from people on that. And they're like, that is a terrible business decision to put them so close. And I'm like, you know what? Don't question me. This is the city of Richmond. I know this city. I know that neighborhood. I know the neighborhood I'm in. I've lived in inside these five mile radius for 12 years. And, um, as much as you think people are going to drive to where you're at, they like their part of town. I heard, um, so I was listening to this podcast yesterday by a – it was a guy who owns a CrossFit affiliate 
and he was talking to a guy he or he trains so there's three dudes on this podcast but one of them trains the owner that owns like a ton of planet fitnesses and the guy was like how do you determine where to put a new planet fitness he goes demogra everything is demographics if you nail down your demographics you will win no matter what your location is you know so or excuse me that goes into location but what your business is doesn't matter unless you own know your demographics because he goes if you put a planet fitness in the middle of nowhere nobody's yeah. going to come to it right so it's really knowing it. and it's like it, what you just shared is like you know the demographics you know your town you yeah. kind of know where like the people will show up so um and location is it's money in the bank so it is it's uh it's exciting also i think one thing that we both have and maybe unintentionally or not but i think it's the size of our businesses um, yeah. my current studio can accommodate 31 people. The new location is going to be a little smaller with 21. Um, I'm okay with that. Yeah. That next place doesn't have to yeah. be bikes of 50 and bikes of 60. And you can still have 15 people in a class and it just feels really great. Cause you know, those 15 people versus, Oh my gosh, this place looks empty. Um, and I, I like that. And that is helpful in the city. <laughs> yep. The city doesn't always yeah. have really big available space. Um, and I'm not a suburban girl and I don't really have plans to ever go that route, but I think Kelly's in that same boat, like, and she's also in the same boat of like, everybody wants to take yoga in the studio, but the size is manageable for us owning right. it. It works in the city and you aren't overextending like what you can offer people. Yeah. It's a, it's a differentiator. You know, when we started, we wanted to be a, a more intimate, uh, studio that, you know, had a thriving community, but where we knew one another. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, let's face it, I've been a part of big gyms and, and fitness, uh, you know, boutique fitness studios where they're just so large that you're sort of just another number. And yep. so uh, that was, you know, for us by design. And yeah, it's, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. I never thought about how yeah. we're, so, we're so aligned. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's it, yeah. Your stories are it's pretty cool. Um, okay, so I know we want to we're going to wrap up here pretty soon, and then so let's talk about your event that you're putting on. So it, in like who's speaking? You know why is it designed the way it is? I looked at the venues of of on your website, and we'll I'll give you the links of all of this stuff, and it'll be in the podcast description for those of you listening if you want to find out about it. Like it's pretty cool. It's really spread out. It's not a it's not a locate it's not a hotel event, a conference. You know, like you see a lot of even yoga conferences you go to can be stuck in hotels, you know, it's like so talk to me about like the process of creating this, you know? Well, I think, you know, first and foremost, you know, it's funny that you talk and, and are really focused on the locations because uh we you know, just like we were just talking with our businesses, we're boutique you know, fitness and yoga businesses, right? Yeah. And so we wanted that same feel to carry through to this event. And so we picked, you know, small, locally owned businesses um, that are doing something cool and unique um, and that offer the same sort of like vibe and feel aesthetically um, that we do mm -hmm. in our spaces. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that was sort of the, 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 you know, the key deciding piece of, of where we are located. Um, so yeah, so hopefully it has zero conference feel. Yeah, that's the goal. <laughs> zero conference feel. Um, we, you know, we kick off with an athleisure fashion show. Uh, there's charity components with do it for the love, uh, girls with soul and, and trinkle space foundation, all three great charities. So I, I wanted to mention them. Uh, and that, 
athleisure fashion show is followed by a mocktail reception, you know, raw food, raw juice, you know, that's the, the vibe and the feel. And so that's what we're kicking off with uh, as more of a social component to bring everyone together. Right. Um, and then on Friday, so that's next Thursday night on Friday, we have uh, conscious con- conversations, right? Um, that's sort of like our code word for, uh, you know, small group, talks, <laughs> yeah. small speaker presentations. Uh, but they're around town. They're small. I mean, our largest uh, venue holds 50 and that's by design because we want it to be intimate. We want our community to be able to get to know that individual who's speaking to them. So it's a gathering, you know, and, and I think we're, we're greater, right. Um, as, as we come together in this way, because there's the ability to idea share and there's the ability to inspire those around you. There's this ability to connect. Uh, there's the ability to, to get to know. So if somebody's attend, what do you want someone that attends this event to watch? And then I want to talk about the speakers. You can go down the list and talk a little bit about who you're bringing in. Um, but like somebody's going to show up. They've done a lot of yoga type, like let's say yoga events or yoga retreats previously or any type of marketing conferences, whatever that is be. So you want somebody to come in and then leave with what? Like what is the goal that you might have an attendee get out of it when they leave after the conference is over? You say, you know, I want Jamie to feel this and and experience this while she's here this weekend. I mean – you know, I think it all comes down to empowering each individual that comes. So I want them to feel empowered. I want them to feel uh, more clear, right? So more clear on what it is that really makes their life special so that they can re- go home and, and refocus and recalibrate and make those changes so that they are bringing about a greater sense of purpose in their life. Uh, that can be purpose around business, right? And their career choices, that could be a purpose around self-care, life balance. Um, that could be purpose of, you know, mindfulness and nutrition. Like these are all the elements that really make up each of us. And so, uh, you know, empowered. Yeah. Yeah. The idea of the event came down to like, I'm more than psycho, Kelly's more than yoga. So like what, what is that that shapes us? And we really like brought in a little bit of like the art of shaping you in that journey of how you shape yourself. So like, let's listen to this person talk about like the vibrant state of eating. Like, how is that going to shape me and what I want? How's it shaped that person that's speaking about it and the process and the life journey that they're on. And then also knowing that like that shape changes, it changes all the time. It changes from 25 to 29 to 31 to 47. Um, and to be okay with that change and know that it's a process and you've just got to be aware that that happens. And then how are you going to shape that? I love that. And I like the, the shape changes. I think I read that on your site or somebody, somebody wrote it someplace, but it was talking about how, you know, what you are at 25 is much different than 35 and 35 to 45. And then that's okay. You know, it's going through that process. To being open to what that changes. So talk to me about some of the speakers because it sounds like you've kind of collaborated with bringing these certain folks in for a reason. So we have like Sarah Franti. We have Mike Watts, of course. Um, the Crystal Press, Brittany Mullins, Kimberly Wilson, Liz Fierro, and the two of you. So 
kind of talk about like let's just go down the list of who these folks are why why did you bring each it seems like you brought each one in for a specific reason because the way you're collaborating this event together or bringing it together what you just mentioned so talk to me about the speakers so to start with our keynote sara uh so you know sara and her husband uh, michael franci i mean they're doing incredible things um you know, Sara has is probably, you know, one of the most amazing women that I personally know. Um, in that, she has just, you know, reinvented herself a number of times in life, um, starting as a nurse, opening a small uh, jewelry uh, company that that she, you know, hand designs jewelry, um, and then now what her and Michael are doing with, you know, music and their charity, do it for the love. Um, you know, they're doing relief work and humanitarian efforts all over the world. Uh, really, truly an inspiring individual. Um, so she has a lot to share with that life story, um, with the, the lessons that she's learned, um, and certainly, you know, empowers, uh, empowers me for sure. <laughs> and, and I know will empower others. Um, she's going to speak on how she's reinvented herself. That's, that's sort of our keynote focus. On, on our Saturday sort of uh, brunch and event. And then on Friday, she's going to talk about self-care uh, for Optimal Health. Uh, obviously, she's a busy lady, <laughs> and she does a ton of travel. And so self-care, uh, balance, and, and you know how she creates that and what that means, uh, you know that's going to be the focus there. Cool. And then what about the rest of them? Uh, we've got, I mean, by all means, we are in Richmond, Virginia, so we pulled some people from Richmond, Virginia. Um, but one of the great things about that is, like, you know these people if you live in town, but you don't know these people. Mm -hmm. um, their world is very much an online presence um, versus my dollar and cents come from a certain radius of life. Um, and to some extent, the, the yoga side of classes are that way as well. Um, so Brittany Mullins with Eating Bird Food, she has an amazing blog. She's a nutritionist and, and personal trainer and the most delightful personality. And she is, you know, kind of bringing that food side to things. Um, and I, this could be one of her first sort of like Richmond talks, um, on that end. So it'll be really great for like people to just be like, this is who you see all the time. Um, and then the ladies behind the crystal press, they have a fascinating, um, Instagram world, uh, that I did not know what to expect when we met them, but you know what? They're just two women that want to have a rosé and a good time and, they just happen to take photos of themselves and look what happens. So um, they bring in that, like the talk on the personal brand of you and self-acceptance of that and that brand of how they look online versus that brand of how they are in their real life um, and the difference with some of that stuff. So I'm super excited to kind of get them out to Richmond a little bit more and doing things in the city. Uh, Liz Farrow is with Girls, Girls with Soul out of Columbus, Ohio, and she has um, a, a really interesting life story, you know, by all means some difficultness. Um, difficulties in the beginning part of uh, her life with things and then how that very much shaped her and then how she decided to take that shape and like help other people with that. So she's got a bigger focus on the running side, the fitness side. She does a lot with young girls, um, their acceptance of things, you know, anything in that age of like 12 to 14 is really tough for a girl um, on that end. And then Kelly and I are going to chat about something. We don't know what yet. We might just wing it to show up. We're going to do a song and dance. Um, but a day in the life of us, you know, it's funny. I was looking the other day, I was like, what's on my to-do list? And I was like, how did like buy eggs get on here? This literally is on the wrong list. Like what happened? But that is what happens. Like, yeah. 
eggs went right before confirmed the shoe order for the new location. Like it just, <laughs> it happens. I like uh, it. You should do a musical, by the way, do the song and dance, but create <laughs> oh, a musical. Yeah. We could do like spoken word or something. Oh, <laughs> um, and then uh, Kelly's friend um, in contact, Kimberly Wilson, who owns um, really the whole tranquil space world. Yeah. So she's got she's some... the tranquility diva <laughs> and queen. Yeah. So she's really bringing that like another yoga studio owner into that world, um, living a tranquil life, the mindfulness of living a tranquil life and what that means, which I'm sure is probably very different if someone asked Kelly what that meant and asked me what that meant, we have very different <laughs> answers. Um, but we're going to, you know, she's going to do a little luncheon event and um, kind of bring that whole feel of some of that together. So we very much wanted a regional poll. We wanted a national poll and we wanted a, a local poll um, and bring everyone here to our great little town and join in the fun. Cool. I like it. That's fantastic. Uh, and then, um, yeah, I don't really have anything else about the event. I feel like, is there anything else you guys would like to share that we didn't talk about today? It doesn't have to be about the event, but just in general of running a business, being a business owner, you know, it's so, yeah. Oh, I have a little, a little thing. Um, I'll make it as quick as I can. My dad owned his own business for 34 years. He retired a year ago. I was talking to him a few months before retirement and I was like, how did, what did he yeah. run? What he did was he a financial advisor. Um, he opened his business with three young kids and he was like 32 years old. Um, and he's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm taking some longer lunches and I went to get stamps at lunch today and I'm coming in at night, like more like nine 45. And I, I had to check myself. He is six months away from retirement and only now did he decide he could take a longer lunch, go in a little bit later and maybe run a personal errand during a work day. <laughs> and I really wanted to take a nap that day. I was just kind of tired. I was like, you know, I cannot do that. I cannot do that. And it was fascinating. I love my dad. He's amazing. But to hear like his dedication to owning his business and what his, his staff needed and his clients needed and what he felt he had to give up to a few months of just kind of, um, I'm going to walk away and move on to a different part of life was, it was a check. This girl needed a little check. I think you got to always, be in the game and be available and run your business and run it well. So are you saying that you shouldn't take a nap? <laughs> well, okay. Let me, that one day, it was just a one day thing. I got over it the next day. I might take a nap. So today. talk to me. Yeah. Talk to me about the learning experience that came from that, because I'll tell you the way I heard what you just said yeah. was that your dad worked his tail off for 34 years and is now six months post retirement, enjoying life a little bit more. And you yeah. went to enjoy life by saying, I need to take a nap, but now you're saying I shouldn't take a nap. So talk to me about what your learning experience is here. You know, I'll never say that my dad was someone that like had to hustle, like, but he was a good salesman and he knew how to run a business and he knew what he wanted his business to be and he knew what life he wanted and what it would take to get that. I am very much my dad and I know that, but for a minute there I was like, he is working harder than me at 67 years old. I'm, maybe maybe I just need to go all in today. Like maybe I need to take a minute and try and get to my dad's level because he's done really, really well. Um, it was just an interesting thing to hear where me, I would hope I would take a step back way further. than Maybe I'll step back like a couple years before retirement versus like six months. <laughs> wow. But, cool. That's – I actually – okay. So I heard it the complete opposite way. It's so interesting oh, how you hear – right? I heard you – this is the way I interpreted what you said. 
And it's because I'm on this whole do less train that working 24 seven, 365 is a bunch of bullshit. And it's like, whatever it works for some people, but it's not. So I heard like, Oh, he took a, a little bit longer lunch. I should have yeah. enjoyed this more when I was like 40, you know, I should have done this path of, was it really working 20, 24 hours a day necessary when I was 35, you know, so that's really crazy how we both heard, you know, the same thing, but well, now I'm going to have to ask him this. I'm going to, he's going to listen to this. He's going to listen to this and then give, he'll give his expert opinion on which it is. I am. Yeah. Ask your dad, like what he means. Like, would it be like taking a longer lunch during the workday would have been better or maybe it wouldn't, maybe it was, uh, yeah. Yeah. I took it, I guess, also as, like, that's, that was his way of finally, like, letting go, letting the people that he's put in place to take over this business just do it. They're going to be fine. And he started doing some of that earlier on, and maybe I just didn't know about it at the yeah. time. Um, but, yeah. Okay. I'll follow up to this, Mike, when you're here. We'll see. We'll, we'll find see what he says. Okay. Cool. Kelly, do you have anything um, for the listeners of this podcast? Gosh. You know, one last thing. Um, it's we we talk about reinventing and that's the really the focus of our keynote. And I think that is also, uh, it's a, it's a daily thing, right? And in my, my world, I know Anne Marie would probably, uh, definitely second this. It's all about realigning yourself. And, and so the way I do that is I start out with, uh, a seated meditation practice. It's, it's like 10 minutes RPM, rise, pee, meditate, right? So yes, I'm a planner, but I'm also, you got to like bring it back in the moment always. Right. Um, so that the, the past and, and future don't like take over. So I think that's, that's probably one of the biggest, biggest things. I like that. I like Thank that. you. Where can Where? people find out more about the event more about the two of you? Yeah. So shape soiree.com. Uh, that's, uh, that's our website. Uh, also shape soiree, Instagram, Facebook, um, Eventbrite is where you'll purchase tickets, but you can go through that website. Um, you can find out more about my world at omonyoga.com and shopomon.com uh, and all over social media with Omon Yoga. Yeah, we um, also do have some travel accommodations. They will be uh, up here in the next day or so if people are like regionally and want to come in. We've got um, a discounted hotel room rate, things like that. Uh, for people, so we'll get all that stuff and make sure all the information is on the website. Um, my world, Instagram is Anne Marie Gross. Um, I keep that separate from my personal from the work stuff. So anything at Boho Cycle Studio, Boho Cycle Studio on Instagram and Facebook. Um, there's definitely different types of fun on both Instagram accounts, so you can really pick which <laughs> one you want to pay attention to um, at the end of the day with that stuff. Cool. Thank you guys so much. Uh, I just realized. Yeah, my face froze. Um, but thank you so much for coming here. Thank you so much for having me come to Richmond Yeah. and, you know, come to the event. I'm looking forward to it. So it was great to hear your stories. It was pretty cool for sharing all that. And so all the links in the show notes of this, there is no show notes to this podcast. There is links that you can check out will be in the description of the podcast. And also I will link it up on, um, 
the website so that you can go to, for the Mike J Watts forward slash podcast. We'll have the links for the event that's coming up there. And then also more tickets will be available. So thank you, Anne-Marie and Kelly for being here. And I will see you guys in Richmond. Sounds you got great. it. Thank you so much for listening to the project life with Mike Watts podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today on this episode and you want to know a little bit more about what I am using to help grow our business, to help myself become a better man, to help myself become a better dad, a better husband, a better human overall. You know, I'm all about team human. And that's what I really want to do is create a world that allows us to become better human beings. And if that's something you're interested in, head over to MikeJWatts.com. That is MikeJ. W-A-T-T-S dot com. You can register right there for my email's newsletter. It goes out once a week. There's usually three to five different tools, tips, tricks, techniques that I've learned about this week that are really helping me become a better human being. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you over on MikeJWatts.com, and I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>